0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, here's how Miro works. See, it's amazing. What's everyone doing at David's desk? Ever since marketing started using Miro's collaborative online whiteboard, he thinks all our other teams should sign up. Why? He says Miro's making his meetings disappear. And if every team gets on it, that means even less meetings. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more? Get on board at Miro.com with three boards free forever. That's M I R O.com.
1: Making your cat happy is a number one priority. Priority number two is keeping a clean litter box. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter helps you do both. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter traps waste at the surface with less crumbles and absorbs more waste and odor compared to Fresh Step Multicat find fresh step Outstretch litter at a store near you today fresh step is a registered trademark of the clorox pet products company certain trademarks used under license from the procter and gamble company or its affiliates
2: on your wednesday episode of locked on raptors the raptors get by with little help from their bench oh like because when i shot it, i expected to make it so like, i don't shoot kind of mess so.
1: you are locked on raptors
2: What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1374 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, April the 5th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley. We're covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can also go and follow the show on Instagram. Just search Locked On Raptors. Hit the follow. You'll get clips and bonus content and outtakes and all that good stuff by going over and following the Instagram page. Also, big announcement, you'll find the link down in the chat... Locked On Raptors has a Discord server now. I've been looking for a way to kind of have a little bit more community with the listeners of the show and also, frankly, to replace the hell pit that is Twitter. And Discord feels like a pretty good way to try it out. So if you want to come hang out, it's free to do. You just got to download the Discord app, make an account. I will have the link again in the comments below or the, the description below. You can click on that and join the Locked On Raptors Discord server to chat during games. Well, you can drop mailbag questions in there. You can chat with one another. It to be a very good time so thank you in advance for doing that thank you in advance also for subscribing to the show following rating reviewing all that good stuff also go over to youtube and hit the big red subscribe button whether you listen on audio or watch on video i love you thank you so much for supporting the show you're the very very best this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com locked in mba and get on your way to being your best self all right on today's show the Toronto Raptors take down the Charlotte Hornets by 20 points exactly for the second straight time out. 120-100. They leave Charlotte with a plus 40 point differential, which will very much help for the net rating freaks like me and you. Uh, and they are now 40 and 39. A game over 500. It's a wonderful thing. They're two wins away. In these final three games from securing a plus 500 record, which is kind of wild considering some of the depths we've seen this season. They're now 17-10 and 10 since the start of February. Things looking all right. Uh, We're going to get into some takeaways from this game. The very steady hand of Fred VanVleet and Pascal Siakam in particular. We're going to get to the good, the bad, and the hmm. But I do want to first talk about my big takeaway from this game, which is just the power of getting any sort of bench play. What a beautiful thing to get bench play. And the Raptors got it in spades in this one. 21 points on 6 of 8 shooting for Chris Boucher. Couple boards as well was a plus 20, was part of the run that I think really kind of decided this game in the second quarter. As was Will Barton, who had 20 points of his own in this one, six of nine from three point range. Kirtika from TSN, the uh, Raptors stats queen on Twitter, uh, p- p- shared this hilarious stat Will Barton's first 12 games with the Raptors, five of 25 from three tonight. Six of nine. It was glorious. He was a really great Gary Trent Jr. standing in this one. Just uh, completely unconscious, throwing them up, and a really, really good game from him. A plus 26 to lead the Raptors. And, you know, you get Precious Achua also, 12 points for him. I thought this was his most in-control game in quite some time. Uh, You know, had a nice finish later in the game through some contact that we have not seen a whole lot of of late, and a couple of big threes as well, looking very clean on that release, 2 of 4 from deep. Uh, That's what you want to see. We talked about it on the show yesterday, or I guess earlier this morning as I'm recording this on Tuesday night, um, with Louis Zatzman about, you know, Precious Achua in that sort of wing role, really effective. He didn't necessarily occupy that wing role in the lineups he played in. We'll get into those in a second here, um, but he was standing outside in the perimeter and taking shots and, and, you know, they made it work with the lineups that were out there, even if they weren't my favorite lineups or the Raptors most effective lineups, uh, they were super effective in this game. That's great. And Precious Achua looked really, really strong again in control a couple of moments of the roller coaster that you expect uh, one sort of very chaotic, almost missed dunk that ended up with him getting a dunk out of it anyway at the end of a possession from Pascal's Yakum on a little dump-off. But you get those three guys playing well, and this is without Gary Trent Jr. as well. And I think this kind of also illuminates just how bloody effective Gary Trent Jr. can be and how important he is when he comes in off the bench and can do what we saw from Will Barton pretty much every night when he goes out there. Um, But to get that performance from the bench in this one really saved the Raptors from this game being a game where they may have had to try against the Charlotte Hornets. Thankfully, they didn't really have to do that. You have a game tomorrow in Boston, you're going to want to try for that one a lot harder, clearly. Um, and to be able to not expend all your energy, you know, keeping in a game that was pretty close with the Hornets, which it looked like it might be for the first, I don't know, 15, 16 minutes of this game. Uh, really, really nice that the bench came in and was able to just give that jolt to kind of put this game out of reach. It was a specific spot in that second quarter where the the Hornets had, you know, played reasonably well. I don't think the Raptors were playing necessarily well. All that badly, maybe not super locked in defensively. The starters had one of their roughest games in quite some time, uh, as far as just like pure plus minus with that lineup on the floor. and recordings recording too soon after the game to get the actual updated plus minus numbers for the specific lineups, but they were not awesome in the first or third quarters, and I would expect that their numbers will take a hit from this one, but... The nice thing when you get bench pre- bench play is that you can survive a game like that when your starters are not at their very best. And again, that second quarter spot where uh, the Raptors rolled out Pascal Siakam with Scotty Barnes. They swapped Jeff Doughton out, brought in Will Barton. Uh, and then they had Precious Achua and Chris Boucher out there as well. That's a lineup that hasn't been super effective for the Raptors. Um, you know, it's just, it's not a lot of shooting with Precious Achua shooting the way he hasn't this year. That's been a problem. Uh, you know, obviously Will Barton is not Gary Trent Jr. Uh, I don't even know if we've seen that lineup. I, I don't have it in front of me as far as the actual data. If there has been time for that lineup together, it's not been much and it's not been super effective. Uh, um, and you know that's the problem when you have the pa- Pascal Scotty duo as your sort of anchor duo with those second units. It's there's not a lot of shooting there, right? And if you don't have shooting around them, it becomes a problem. If you have three shooters around them, great. It's going to be a really good lineup for you. And in this game, they got the shooting from Chris Boucher and the shooting from Will Barton and the shooting from Precious Achiuwa. That's great. That's that's really all you need. It's not a complex formula for the bench to find success. Found it in this one, even with maybe not like your favorite lineups out there necessarily. Um, you know, there was some good Christian Coloco time at other spots in this game, but that was the main bench group that turned this game on its head and put the Raptors up. It was an 18-2 run in that second quarter. I think it was 40-32 to by the time it was over. It was 50-42, and the Raptors were never looking back. I know the Hornets sort of threatened in the third quarter, got it to within, what was it, six, nine? Something like that. Uh, But the Raptors very quickly got that uh, out of there. And (laughs) Sight sealed this one up in pretty comfortable fashion. Great to see. You know, you get 35 minutes from Pascal, the only player over 30 minutes in this game. He was really good. He was really important for those bench units. Um, And so, you know, 35 minutes, maybe not totally what you want but it's lower than what he typically plays so take your small wins where you can get them otherwise a really balanced effort and you know I think a good dispersal of responsibilities and you get some pops from guys who don't typically pop and it overcomes a night where Scotty Barnes did not look very good zero points for him on 0 of 7 shooting was pretty ineffectual on both ends i thought Kind of just a non, non-factor non in this game. And we'll talk in a second about, you know, the the Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam of this game and why they were so effective and why it's really nice to have those guys because Scotty Barnes is not there on a night-to-night basis just yet. Um But yeah, once again, flowers to the bench. Really nice to see. And if you can get Gary Trent Jr. back here, missed seven games now. I don't know what's going on there. It seems... uh a little unclear as to when he's going to be back. If he's going to be back, I hope he's back because he's super important to the Raptors' chances in a play-in game or in you know, to make some noise in a first-round series by some crazy miracle. He's got to be there, um, unless you're going to get this Will Barton every single night, which I don't think you will, sadly. Maybe you do. Maybe this has opened the floodgates for him. But um, yeah, I think it, again, speaks to it doesn't take a lot for this bench to prop up the starting five enough to make this team... Pretty damn formidable and able to kind of hang in any game, really. Um, How many times this season have the Raptors lost games because their bench did nothing and their starters weren't amazing across the board? They weren't amazing across the board in this game by any means. And yet, still, very easy win. Love to see it. Sweeping the Hornets, that's good too. And uh, the Raptors finished the season, by the way, 23-12 against teams under 500 of course they've only got two very very good teams left on the schedule in boston twice in milwaukee uh and i know there's been this sort of idea of the raptors being this miserable team against sub 500 teams this season just not factually correct really in the eastern conference it's the sixth best record against teams under 500 um right in the same range as the knicks who were 23 and 12 the the nets are 21 and 12 Uh, a couple games still ongoing as well so you know could change there too but um you know, it would be the fourth best record against teams under 500 in the Western Conference. It's not all that bad. I think that's kind of been my prevailing takeaway about the Raptors over the last couple weeks is things are not as bad as they've seemed all season long. And I think the record now on the upward momentum, the 40 and 39, you love that higher win total than loss total. Feels like maybe, maybe just maybe it's, uh, you know, coming into focus here for the Raptors. We're going to come back on the other side. I want to talk about Fred VanVleet and Pascal Siakam, who I thought were just wonderful stewards in this game. Didn't have to do anything flashy, but were the reasons the Raptors were able to stay on track with a tough Scotty Barnes game. We'll get to that in just one second. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about a new sponsor here at Locked On Raptors. It's eBay Motors, baby. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit, It's the same when it comes to your vehicle as well. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay guaranteed fit, you can ensure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know if your part's going to fit or you're going to get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in. In no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride.
0: Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is Jake from Lock Dawn. Sometimes you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
2: All right, let's continue on here with your first listen of the day, digging into the Toronto Raptors win over the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, As I record, it should be noted, uh, I'm recording this 9.52 p.m. Eastern Time The Atlanta Hawks are leading the Chicago Bulls 99-88 without Trey Young, mind you, which uh, not great Bulls. Really wanted the Bulls to win that game. Uh, any extra win for the Hawks right now is a pain in the ass because they have the tiebreaker over the Raptors. The Raptors have it over the Bulls. The Raptors are also kind of pooched in any three-way tie, way, uh, tie scenario, I think, um, as per the very, very complex reading I've done on the topic over the last couple days. Um, I, again, we'll, we'll maybe there will be some uproarious, uh, thrilling excitement for me as the Bulls come back and storm past the Hawks. But as it stands right now, uh, you know the Raptors are going to have to maybe win out to, to get that uh, you know, all-important eighth seed. The, the value of that eighth seed, man, really, really high. It'd be nice to be able to lock that thing down. Please, Bulls, do this thing. Damar, what are you doing? Help your boys out. Anyway, uh, another takeaway from this game to go along with the bench stuff, which, again, was the big takeaway. Uh, I wanted to dig into the performance of Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes. Sorry, not Scotty Barnes in this game. A little bit Scotty Barnes, but mostly Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet. Who I thought in this game were just really exactly what the doctor ordered. 22, 14, 4, 2, and 2 for Pascal, and 8 of 16. He gets to the line seven times. That's never a bad thing to see. 6 of 7 there as well. Fred VanVleet goes for 16 points, 6 assists, 4 steals. All 16 of his points in the fourth, in the third quarter. Sorry, as the Hornets were kind of threatening a little bit, maybe making it uh, a bit of a game. Fred says no and takes over. Coupled that with uh, I thought some really nice playmaking stretches early on in the game um, this wasn't his most prolific game by any means 16 points uh, what one board six assists four steals um, but you know three of five from deep was just uh having that guy is really nice the steady freddie moniker very much earned tonight and between him and pascal look i know this has been a source of contention all season long is pascal and fred are they gonna hand over the keys to scotty barnes and i've talked about it a lot on this show about how I just I think it's too early to just put all of that on Scotty Barnes and you know if some people had their druthers, Pascal and Fred wouldn't even be on this team going forward. Well guess what? when you have Scotty Barnes having the night he had tonight, which was not a good night again, O of seven, O of three from deep was short on all of his looks, had three assists. Three boards, but really a very ineffectual game from Scotty Barnes. Hard to score zero points in a game against the Charlotte Hornets, I gotta say. Um, but this has been a thing with him, right? It's been indicative of his whole season. It's just you get these moments of absolute brilliance, whether it's what we saw um, you know, on Friday against the Sixers or last week against Miami, and then they're followed up sometimes by these just kind of duds. And these are the types of games... That, say what you will about Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet, they don't lay them because they are veterans who've been in the NBA for seven seasons. Scotty Barnes, still young, still learning, still figuring out that night-to-night consistency thing, which is a very hard thing to learn in the NBA. And it's really, really nice to have Siakam and Fred there to soak up the creation burden on a night where Scotty Barnes just doesn't have it. And, you know, just think of a world in which you don't have those two guys around, how just... Barren you're gonna be creation-wise, how dependent you're gonna be on Scotty Barnes, and how negatively that extreme dependence will ultimately affect Scotty Barnes, right? Where it'll be a situation if you don't have guys like Pascal and Fred to take off the load. It'll be like a souped-up version of Pascal and Tampa driving into the teeth of defenses with Stanley Johnson waiting in the corner for for, for uh for for looks, right? Like it's just You got to have multiple creators. The way they've dispersed the touches has been, I think, pretty even. It's been very egalitarian between those three since the trade. You know, Fred's I think coming in around ninety percent, ninety touches per game. Scotty and Pascal both around eighty. That's great. They are running the show for this Raptors team more often than not. Um, But tonight illuminates why having just one guy is not enough. You got to have multiple sources of offense, multiple ways to create it. Pascal and Fred give you those options and those outlets. And look, do I think Scotty Barnes is going to be this player again this season? Probably not. He hasn't had a game like this that's been this quiet really all year. Um, but it's he still struggles with the consistency thing, as young players do. And what Pascal and Fred do to kind of support and augment him is super valuable and will only continue to be even more valuable as Scotty's role and prominence within the team presumably increases as soon as next season and, you know, into whatever the shape of the team around Scotty Barnes is going to be down the line. Pascal and Fred, really good co-partners, really good dudes to run alongside Scotty Barnes to offer him, uh, you know, a reprieve on nights where he doesn't have it. The Raptors still have the chance to win games. Because they have two pretty damn good creators in Siakam and Fred themselves. Also, shout out to OG Ananobi for this game. I uh, uh, had the ankle thing, of course, on Sunday. Wasn't sure if he was going to be available. He was. He had a couple of falls, got back up. You know, hold your breath for a second here or there. Uh, Fred took a tumble as well. Got hit kind of hard in the side. Maybe just got his wind knocked out. Not sure. Haven't heard anything post-game just yet. But uh, those three guys really, you know, Siakam, Fred, OG, they're the, they're the they're the horses, man. They're the guys you can trust. And 17, 2, 5, 2 steals, a block for OG, 8 of 15 in this one. And 1 of 6 from 3, an off-character cool night from deep didn't hurt the Raptors though because again you get the bench just pouring in triples like it was their job it is their job and they they did their job tonight was it 12 threes from the bench on very quick math 17 attempts yeah that'll that that dog will hunt that works that's very good um but yeah OG I thought you know just team best plus 13 the baseline cuts with him I could watch them all bloody day it's an absolute treat the way him and Yaka Pirtle have hooked up and really connected um it's just beautiful to watch man and I think OG is really coming into his zone and uh I'm looking forward to play off OG man play in OG he's always really really good in these big high leverage games we're very very close to the time at which OG is typically his most OG which is awesome um we're going to come back on the other side to put a bow on the show. Not the longest show we've ever done. I can stand to trim these things down anyway. Uh, we're going to dig in, though, to the good, the bad, and the hmm from the Raptors game against the Hornets. Also, again, no need to update you on scores. But it feels as it stands right now like the Hawks are going to be still in that eight seed uh, once things are all said and done tonight. As uh, the damn Bulls, man. No Trey Young. Really? All right, we're going to come back on the other side, get into the good, the bad, and the hmm round of the show. Before we do that, however must tell you, better dear your friends over at FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to three-pointers drain. There's also futures, baby. You want to get in there and pick who you think is going to win the NBA championship? I have had money down on the Denver Nuggets to win the title since, like, the cat October. Uh, really hoping that comes through on my FanDuel account. That would be swell because uh, I don't think they were uh, cl- near the favorites or close to favorites that they are now way back then. Go and uh, jump in on FanDuel. Pick your favorite team you think is going to go all the way and put some money down on them if that is your thing. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay, so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to 1000 bucks in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA.
1: Jake Knapp is the inventor of the design sprint and the New York Times bestselling author of the book Sprint. He's also the co-founder of Character, a venture fund for early stage startups. How and why did you start using Miro? I came from this position of thinking, I don't want to be doing stuff online to
2: thinking now when I do a sprint in person with a company, And Miro does all those things. So to me, at least as an investor, I'm thinking, give the team the tools that are going to help them think, that are going to make the most, brighten their, their skills as smart folks. And Miro is at the top of that list. All right. It's the good, the bad, and the hmm. The way we round out every single Raptors recap episode here on the podcast a reminder you can go and follow the show on instagram locked on raptors it's much appreciated when you do it helps me out helps share the show around and it helps us move our footprint mostly away from elon musk's hell website also discord i'm going to send out the link again in the description of this episode and i'll share it on other platforms as well but you can join the locked on raptors discord server come hang out watch games react Be friends. Don't be an a-hole. That's going to be rule number one. The only rule in the Lockdown Raptors Discord will be no a-holes. Otherwise, come and hang out. It's going to be a ton of fun. Anyway, let's get to it. The good, the bad, the good for me in this game. Look, there's a lot you could choose from. I had notes down for a bunch of dudes, but I think for me, it's that 16-point third quarter outburst by Fred Van Vliet, just to revisit that. I mean... He's just, he's steady Freddy for a reason, man. And this game, again, I was never worried about it as the Hornets were kind of making their run. Obviously, you want to see the starters perform a little better than they did in this game against the Hornets. I'm not going to take it against them. You have off nights, that happens, it's the NBA. They've been, as a rule, excellent ever since the yakup Pertle trade. I'm going to take the 22-23 games we've seen in that group more than, we, what, than what we saw tonight, but having Fred Van Vliet there to just kind of bail it all out and put it away, make it so there was no worry in the fourth quarter. You could rest your guys, not play everybody insane minutes. That was a big inflection point in this game. I talked about the second quarter, that 18-2 run. What a big inflection point that was. Just as big, Fred Van Vliet going off late in the third. That It went from like a five- or six-point game to 19 in like the blink of an eye it was very quick and uh i relished it deeply it was nice to see fred van Vliet have himself uh, a really really great third quarter uh, and he's just been really good since the acker trade there's there's no two ways about it he has been Really, really awesome. Really guiding the team, the, the playmaking. I actually really love tonight. Kayla Gray uh, had a great sideline report talking to Fred about you know how he is kind of about elevating others right now and, and wanting to um, be the dude who's kind of setting the table for everybody else. That's music to my ears. Should be music to everybody's ears because one of the biggest issues with Fred VanVleet all season long has been this sort of perceived ball hog nature I've never bought into that. I think it's total BS. I don't think that's what it is. I think he takes shots that the Raptors badly need him to take because they have like three dudes who can take them. And so he's got to take them anyway. I'm not going to get on that soapbox again, but it was nice to hear on the broadcast, Kayla digging in and and sort of sharing Fred's thoughts on his responsibility to help lift up the team. Really cool stuff. Also, broadcast note, Jack Armstrong going on a fourth quarter diatribe against the NHL's very stupid playoff format. We love Jack Armstrong for this very reason. The NHL's playoff format is very stupid anyway. uh, Let's go to the bad, shall we? The bad for me in this game, I I mean, there's not really anything to take away that's bad. I talked about Scotty Barnes already. I don't want to, you know, beat that one to death. Like, he he was not great in this game. That's fine. Um, Truthfully, haven't totally loved the Jeff Doughton offensive experience of late. I I guess if we want to do something here, um, you know, He had the first look at backup point guard in this game. Then Will Barton comes in, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. The game's fresh in my mind. Didn't rewatch it uh, like I usually would. So apologies if I mistakenly outlined the order of substitutions. But I'm pretty sure uh, Doughton was in first. And, you know, he goes 0 of 1. I just would love a little bit more sort of aggression from him offensively. Just if it comes to you, dude, take it, shoot it, man. Like you're probably going to have like a pretty open look when it comes to you. Um, He's also not the type who's going to go totally outside of process and he's going to make the right play, which you love about him. But if he's going to be in there, the Raptors, if they're going to have a backup guard on the floor, he's going to have to be an offensive threat because a lot of the guys out there are not. And I'm not saying he can't. Jeff Doughton's a good player, and I think he's probably going to get converted before tomorrow. Josh Lewenberg actually pointed that out. Um, I'm not sure if that was confirmed reporting or just uh, sort of speculation based on reading tea leaves, but Josh Lewenberg did say tonight that he expects... Jeff Doughton will be converted tomorrow uh, before the game against the Celtics. Tonight was his last game of eligibility on that two-way. I think it's totally deserved. I want to see more Jeff Doughton, but I also—we got to see some some expansion of the aggression offensively because I think he can do it like— He does it in the 905. Did it in summer league. He can kind of take over. He can create his own shot in in, in spots. He can drive and create for others. Um, He just seems a little passive out there right now offensively. I'd like to see a little bit less passivity. And, uh, you know, again, totally warranted if he's going to get that converted deal. It sounds like Joe Wieskamp might be the one on the way out. Not bothered about that, honestly. He, He just, he's not. An NBA player, really? Like he, he would have stuck on a team by now. Probably if he was, um, maybe he goes somewhere and finds it. I, I just, for me, the impression of Joe Wieskamp camp that will forever be burned into my brain is the the play that he had, just like the stretch of play he had in that game against the Cavs. That I, I was at that game in person down in Cleveland a few weeks ago. It was grim, really, really rough stuff. One of the worst stretches of NBA basketball I've seen a single player play on an NBA floor. Um, all the best to Joe Wieskamp if he is going to be gone by the time we next record, but I think Jeff Dout deserves deserves that spot for sure, even if his offense is maybe not totally doing it for me at the moment. A guy who is doing it for me is my hmm... And that is Christian Coloco. And look, 11 minutes, no points, 3 rebounds, a block. It's pretty much the standard Christian Coloco line these days, but I think there's going to be a player here, man. I really really do. I think the combination of the rim protection already being what it is and it seems like every time he's on the floor, he's blocking something, he's deterring something, he's contesting a, you know, four, five, six shots in whatever stretch of time he's on the floor. Looking up his numbers today as far as his rim protection numbers, he's allowing 54.8% as a defensive field goal percentage. He's holding opponents to 9% below average around the rim. That's great for a rookie. Obviously, there's a lot to be done on the offensive end for him, much the same as Jeff Doughton. Obviously, he's a little younger, a little bit more sort of malleable as a player, developmentally speaking. Um, But I like what I see. And tonight, there was one specific play in the second quarter, might have been the first quarter, um, where he it was the end of the first quarter Fred Van Vleek is doubled right at the end of the quarter they swing it or he, he gets it to, to Coloco in the short roll Coloco just presents himself as a massive target by the way like we've talked about how this is a thing Yaka Pearl does really well seems as though the school of Yak is uh, getting through now to Christian Coloco because he's just massive he's arms he's hands he's like hey I am here Pass me the ball, and it's undeniable. You can't miss it if you're Fred Van Vliet. He gets it to, to Coloco. Very quick read, kicks it to the corner for Doughton. Doughton swings it up to OG. OG misses the three. Coloco goes in, gets fouled on the putback dunk attempt. Um, but just that that pass to the corner. We've seen that a few times, and I'm going back now to when I was on my little basketball road trip a few weeks ago. You mentioned the Cleveland game, but I also saw the 905. Christian Coloco playing for the uh, 905 against the Motor City Cruise or whatever it is um, in that tiny little gym sitting like second row and watching Coloco out there. He seems like he's a step ahead. He seems that the the playmaking, the passing, he had a couple hit ahead passes in that game. Um, I think he's going to be a player and the value of having him as your backup center behind Yaka Pertl. If you can have him just be your full-time backup center next season, slide Precious Achua over into more of a wing role, into like a consistent, hey, you are our three or, your, or our four, you're going to slash and attack closeouts and take threes and defend like a maniac and Coloco as your anchor defensively, that is going to be such a huge value to the team to the team next year if they have Yak and Coloco on it. And you can run... 30 minutes of Yak and 18 minutes of Coloco. I mean, that brings you back to the surge in Gasol days, right, of just never having bad center play. It's a massive value, and here's hoping uh, the developmental summer for Coloco is really nice. I mean, again, a lot of it's there. The fine touch around the basket's got to improve for sure. Maybe just soak his hands in like an oat bath for the entire summer just to uh, soften those uh, those mitts up. But I uh, really like Christian Coloco, man. I-, I think as much as we're only getting tiny little spurts of him The little spurts, the little small things like beautiful short roll passes to the corner in flow, that's the stuff to really dream on with him. And I think a a really good backup center is very much in his future. Maybe something more, but I think one of the the better backups in the league is probably where Christian Coloco is going to end up someday, which is uh, pretty exciting. Hopefully it's as early as next season. Might be asking a lot. Hopefully he's just like a fine backup next year, but uh, he's good. I, I like Christian Coloco quite a bit. I also like you, the listeners, for tuning into the show. Thank you so much for doing that. We're going to round this one out. We'll be back again on Thursday. I believe our pal Jamar Hines will be along to break down Raptors-Celtics, which should be very fun. Hopefully, a win for your Toronto Raptors scoreboard update as I record. The Atlanta Hawks are up 14 with two minutes left over the the Bulls, so yeah. uh, Lots of work left to do for the Raptors to get that eighth seed. Seems like they're going to be pretty comfortably ahead of the Bulls, though, with the Bulls taking that loss. They'll be two back in the loss column. Without the tiebreaker so at the very least seems the raptors are going to host that 9-10 play-in game as the low-end thing here so that's good i guess uh (laughs) eight seed please i don't want the single elimination do or die game really 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 don't want it for my, my hypertension um anyway thanks so much for tuning in please go and subscribe to the show for free wherever you get your podcasts youtube all the different uh, audio apps and the good stuff. You can also go to Instagram, follow Locked On Raptors over there. Follow me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. Go to the Discord, the link down in the description. Go hang out with the Locked On Raptors Discord crew. And uh, again, no a-holes, but otherwise, no rules. Come in, hang, talk about the Raptors, have a good time. Mostly if you post pictures of Terrence Ross dunking on Kenneth Reed, I'm going to be a friend of yours. So please go ahead and do that as well. You can drop mailbag questions. We'll get some fun channels going in there for non-basketball stuff if people want to do that as well. We'll see what people like and all that. But yeah, Discord, the link is in the description. Please go and join our little Locked on Raptors Discord community for all of the fun of Twitter without all the bad stuff from Twitter, which is most of it. Anyway, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will talk to you again on Thursday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Thanks for hanging.